everybody. Welcome to the Royals FC show, episode 16, Wild. We had some pretty awesome episodes last week, but before we get into that, I'm Cindy Lara, and with me I've got... I'm Ryan. And I'm Virtue. Cool. Yeah. Episode 16. Kind of crazy, right, guys? Wow. And I think because... Last week when we did our Monday, when we recorded Monday, we were at what, 13? That was 13, yeah. yeah. And then you did, 14 was the RSL uh, Spectacular, the women, I'm sorry, RSL Women Spectacular. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday, um, we got to hear that interview that Virtue did with um, Erica Timrak. So, now here we are, episode 16. Man. Yeah. Super, super cool. They just keep flying. They do. And even just looking at the season, we're at, we're what, week 10 coming up? I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like it's just rolling along, which is really cool. Um, So obviously lots to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about the match that, um, the match recap in Portland, Um, not the way that we wanted to talk about as far as a loss has been, I don't think we've talked about a loss for a very long time, for over a month. So we'll cover that. Scout Sky Blue FC, which is coming up this Saturday. And then we'll go over some, just some questions and, and that we got from, from some of the listeners. And so it'll be a good show. Um, all right, so jumping right in. Portland, um, Utah Royals went to Portland. This past Friday, the only game at uh, on the NWSL schedule for Friday, and obviously not not uh, a good game for the Royals um, as far as adding you know points. It was a loss, two to zero. Goals by Christine Sinclair in the 18th minute gave the Thorns the lead, and then right before the second half. Lindsey Horan scored in the 39th minute, and that's pretty much how it stayed for uh, the game, even though there were a couple of chances by the Royals. The Royals definitely um, dominated in possession, uh, 52 compared to Portland's 48. Um, but obviously all these um, stats, you know, shots on goal, uh, which obviously – Portland dominated there. And passing accuracy, the Royals edged you Portland on that. But it really doesn't matter if the final score is not a win. So kind of a kind of a disappointing game. I really what I think I was hoping that Utah would do well. But it was a game where um, Laura Harvey went with the same lineup as the previous week in Houston. Kelly O'Hara did not play once again due to her hamstring injury. So it was it was it was a very chippy game too. If if you watch the game, there were three yellow cards, one to Lindsay Horan, and then another one to uh, the Royals. So uh, thoughts on the game, guys? Um. Well, I would like oh. Um, like I was just saying beforehand, I, I missed the I missed the first half of it live. Um, I was uh, dub- pulling double duty that night, trying to uh, get the first live stream of an RSL women game up and running, and then uh, had to come home and catch the second half. But still, kind of from what I saw and what I heard, it just seemed like you know. And I and I wrote this on on the on my kind of post match rundown on on soapbox. It's it's like. For all the the positive moments we see with the Royals, there's still a lot of things that they need to to kind of nail down to have a, a complete performance uh, from week to week, and then within a game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to a tough environment like Portland, when you've got a team that's um, somebody somebody actually uh, made a comment about this today. They said it it just looks like they are are out like they were outsized. Mm-hmm. And and we remarked on that when Portland came here that their players are are just bigger, mm. 
and and then they definitely play a more physical style that's kind of been a, a hallmark of of portland mm-hmm. so it, it was always going to be tough to go up there mm-hmm. and and you know push through against them and i mean there were so many good chances for the royals to score and just didn't break their defense down their defense had a lot of clearances and solid goalkeeping mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a little disappointing not to at least come out of that with a draw, I think, especially when, like I noticed Amy Rodriguez was three shots and all three were on frame. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you're, when your best forward is, is hitting the goal like that and can't get one past, it's just, it's just a rough night. Right. Um, so unfortunate not to see them come out with points, but... Um, you know, they. It was good to see today. They were there were some shots from. Uh, I know Carla Haslam had a really good tweet about that. They are all 100% committed back in practice. Just you know, the goal is well, we have to figure out what we didn't do that we what wasn't enough, mm-hmm. and make sure we don't do that again. Um, so it's it's kind of it's good to see that response and and just have them come back and and move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, disappointing game. And Christine Sinclair has got her sixth goal in nine games, which is is really impressive. I mean, you can – It was a good shot. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's where – I remember just – I think when they scored the goal, and I think I even said it last week, Christine Sinclair is the – is the player you cannot leave unmarked because she will take advantage, and she will. Um, if she has a great shot, she's gonna she's gonna shoot it. So, um, yeah. So good job, Chris, Christine Sinclair. Um, and then Gunny has been fouled 29 times this year, which is I don't know what's up with that. Did we talk about this last no. week? We did or not. I thought we mentioned okay. it. I think we talked about her being fouled a bit, but I don't think we found out the numbers. Mm. I mean, I the, I know that the only reason I know is because uh, Greg Rubel was talking about it on the uh, broadcast, and I was just taken away. Yeah, which which is kind of crazy that um, I mean, because she really hasn't scored a goal since the game against Orlando in March. So for the fact that she keeps getting um, targeted so much, either it just shows that people know what she's capable of, um, and they really just want to stop her. Yeah. Um, Boy, on that, on that note, I mean, I think that yeah. she's just all over the place. Same with Gory. They're just running around so much. They're so active on the ball, uh, mm-hmm. and they're they're putting themselves in positions there's the potential to be dangerous and so mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. no other choice but to commit fouls it's sort of the way that i see it yeah 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 that that's actually a really good thought that they're you know that's just a consequence of, of being so involved in the middle of everything is that it means sometimes even whether they intend to or not just you're if you're chasing the ball hard all match you're gonna end up getting hit by somebody the field's only so big right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um yeah, that's an interesting, interesting observation. For sure. Um, also, on that note, if it's cool, if I add another thing, yeah, I think it, it shows that um, I remember, especially against the game against the Dash a few weeks ago, so many set pieces, so many set pieces, mm-hmm. but we just mm-hmm. don't look dangerous. We don't look, I mean, I think that that's something that 100% they need to work on in training because, I mean, as fans, you should have a little bit of hope, you know, when a set piece comes up. But I almost feel like we're at the point where it's like, oh, it's just another set piece. Like, nothing's going to mm-hmm. come of this. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I think a side effect of that might be what we were just saying a moment ago is that it's not just Portland. I think a lot of teams in this league are taller than the Royals mm-hmm. are. Um, you know, I mean, our, our midfield is is three of the shorter players in the league and um without katie stengel playing it forward it's not a tall forward line either really so when you're thinking about a set piece whether it's a free kick from distance or whether it's a corner kick 
that only works when you have big bodies that you can commit forward and try and get above the opposition. And when, when Sauerbrunn and maybe Timrak and Corsi are your only three options that you've got to aim for, your kick in, you know, your service has to be perfect mm -hmm. just to generate a chance, mm -hmm. let alone to score a goal. So I don't know what the, you know, that's where my tactical knowledge of soccer breaks down is I'm not the person to go try and say, how you score a goal when you can't out jump or, or get over your defenders, but that definitely causes some some struggles for them. I'm, I'm, if my words would come out of my <laughs> well, mouth, it's, um, yeah, it just it doesn't make well, it it's easy. Interesting that we talk about um, the height. I'm just looking at this now of the people who normally start in the midfield. Uh, the tallest of all those is Gunny, and she's only five foot five. Mm hmm. And I think Gory is like five one, and then I know Desiree Scott is five three. Mm. But yeah, we're 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 pretty short. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty short. Very very true. Um, yeah. So just speaking about the match itself, um, it's it's always uh, just challenge not challenging, but it's like who do you play for pl pick for player of the match for in a loss and. Obviously, you can look at games and think about the positives. And um, so, yeah, who do you guys think um, gets player of the match here for against Portland? Mm, that's so hard. No. Hmm. I, you know, in the Soapbox article I wrote, I went with Gunny. But honestly, that's just because it seemed like the easy way out. <laughs> Good to know you're giving it lots of thought. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, that, I don't. Uh, I don't know that that's a bad choice. I mean, mm -hmm. because they they just they really were so limited um, in terms of what they can do, and when when nobody's doing anything truly, you know, um, clearly above and beyond everybody else, that's a that's a tough thing. You know, maybe. Maybe Amy Rodriguez yeah. for for getting the most the most shots on and going full ninety for the first time. Um, yeah, you know that's another possibility. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, other than that though, it's yeah, it's just one of those games where you know I, RSL runs into this a lot. You know they'll lose a game and then the the team tries to get on their Facebook page and say vote for our player of the match and everybody's just like well who really deserves it um yeah right gunny's not right. a bad choice though i mean she she works she works hard i liked somebody it's uh, i thought it was, I think it was one of her teammates tweeted something that said um she doesn't have a gear below full gear you know 100 um, percent right right so you know even if you want to call that the easy way out i think it's a i think it's a good choice yeah I think, yeah, I think that's who I would go with, too, is Amy Rodriguez. She really is um, the player that creates the most, not only creates the most chances, but her speed is, is, is one that you, not speed and skill, it's just, she's, she's, she is a, a world-class player for the Royals, and, and, and I, think, I think she needs that partner that can help her, um, you know, to create those assists. I mean, if you look, Orlando, there's the Marta Alex Morgan combination, and and we saw it when Alex Morgan scored that header. You know, like Marta fed her the ball, and I and sometimes I feel like Amy Rodriguez is doing it all. She gets a ball and she's trying to do it all. Um, so I I think I think it's at a point where there needs to be someone up there who can help her out a little bit more with that responsibility as far as the attacking side, because she is trying to do a lot. And there was a point in the game where she just, she almost took the ball all the way in, but she was stopped. Um, but yeah, I'd go with Amy Rodriguez, who played her full 90, probably since 2015, because she did not play the full 90 last season. She only played in the 57, I think she got hurt rel relatively early in the second half on April 16th last year. And then the year before, she was out um, with maternity leave. So thinking back, I think 
Amy Rodriguez's last full 90 was the 2015 NWSL Championship against Seattle in Portland in October of 2015. Um, so that's well, that's, that's uh, yeah. coincidental, isn't it? Yeah. You're right? <laughs> yeah. I, the connection there. Um, but, yeah, that's who I'd go with, Amy Rodriguez, for sure. Uh, okay. Any other thoughts on the game? I, I think I'm going to throw this hot take and – I and I think I don't think Abby Smith has been tested uh, enough. As far as I think we got to see her really getting tested against Portland this game because Portland was all over. Um, this doesn't mean that she's a bad goalkeeper because she allowed two goals, but um, I mean those are definitely two goals that were allowed. And and I don't think and this was all the defense. I don't think the defense quite showed up like I expected them to against Portland. But this could have just been me. Any other thoughts on that, guys? Or was it just me noticing that? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, I, I put that in my I put that in my article, too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't I don't want to I don't like singling out or, or picking on players. I leave that to other people right. more often um, to be kind of hypercritical. But then I went and I took a, a, a look at it, um, I think because I'd heard the comment made somewhere else about, about Abby Smith and thought, you know, I need to go actually look at, you know, what her history is. And, you know, if she starts the majority of the games this season for the Royals, she will go past her previous number of games played for her two whole years in Boston mm -hmm. before that. So she's still a really young goalkeeper mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there, there may be some, some moments where, you know, I, I suggested that, that maybe she does need to, you know, take a game, let Nicole Barnhart start, mm -hmm. uh, sit and just kind of watch it from the side and, and analyze what it is she's, because she, she has some incredible moments where she makes great saves, but then there are those other times where you're just thinking that's not a that's not a goalkeeper who looks fully confident or fully aware of what the best decision is to make. Mm -hmm. And for a team to be, especially in a league that can be so wide open like NWSL is with scoring chances, sometimes you know, and we've seen it with other teams this year, your your goalkeeper can be what saves mm -hmm. you and keeps you in a that's game true. and. I don't think she's the goalkeeper I would hope to have and and, and, and know that it's going to work out in the Royals' favor. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I wonder if, um, not, to, not to make it sound like she's not a good enough goalkeeper, but maybe we're asking too much of her. Right. Uh, you know, so early in her career and just kind of throwing her into, well, you are the number one goalkeeper now. Right. So maybe, maybe they need to find... Mm -hmm coming up soon. I mean, we've said this before, but, you know, we might be at that point where they need to balance things out a little bit, give her a break, mm -hmm. let her take some of the pressure off of her and just and just kind of figure out how to make those adjustments. Right. And this is something that I've been meaning to inquire about is, is Nicole Barnhart really 100%? Because the fact that she hasn't been starting any game this year, um, it's it's Nicole Barnhart, and I know she's had a very long career. And so at what point do they s um, just, if Nicole Barnhart isn't going to be ever game ready this season, um, maybe it could be where she's asked to, you know, allow even EJ Proctor to, to, to come up. Because, and obviously this would happen um, in a situation, and I'm not hoping this, but... What if there was a situation where Smith gets injured? And again, this is not something you want to see. But then what happens? Um, so I, I, I've been wondering about how match fit Nicole Barnhart is. Because I know she had off-season surgery. Anyway. Something on that note that's really interesting. Well, actually, two things. Um, so in pregame warm-ups... Um, when Scott, I think it's Scott Parkinson, Parkinson is over there, uh, and they're warming up in goal, uh, Barney is getting probably two, three times as many reps as Abby mm. Smith is. Interesting. Um, granted, I mean, she could just be getting her reps a lot earlier. 
um, or something like that. But I don't know. That's just been kind of an interesting thing to see. Mm. Um, and the second thing is... I think that RSL fans are accustomed to having a confidence um, in goal because um, obviously Nick Romando has been so good for years on years and years. And Sparrow, um, I don't think he did not save a single penalty last year. And he faced like six or seven right. of them. He was very good. Um, and so with no disrespect to Abby, and I'm going to sound like a jerk saying this, but if you look at the league, th- um, three-fourths of the starting keepers in the league have gotten minutes with the U.S. women's national team. Mm-hmm. It's not that Abby Smith is not a good goalkeeper, but mm-hmm. I think that if we're being completely blunt and honest, I think she's a bottom-tier goalkeeper when you're looking at starters in this league. Do I think mm-hmm. that she has the potential to be very, very good? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, again, she played for Boston, and this and this is not a, a knock against Boston because there were so many issues with um, with that team. Um, but I mean, Boston finished last last year, so um, and perhaps the Royals is a good experience for her to get and get better, but. You know, when you have a defense that is led by Becky Sabron and Rachel Corsi, um, the defense is solid. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting takes here. Um, cool. All right. Um, so now we look to Sky Blue FC. This is a chance to move ahead, get those three points, and just looking at the table with Sky Blue, they are ninth. They have not won a game this year. Um, one point is all they have to show on the table, and that was a tie against the Chicago Red Stars. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Sky Blue FC definitely does look to be a game that if the Royals lose, I will be very, very shocked. Um, so, yeah. This game will be at it's a 7 p.m. Eastern time, so that's 5 p.m. Uh, and this is where they travel to New Jersey. And the thing about this game is that there's potential that the um, U.S. Women National Team players are not going to be here because they are being called into camp. I heard June 1st, which is kind of ridiculous considering it's a friendly against China, and. That's another story for another day. But um, honestly, it's it's a little disrespectful for the league, for the federation to um, pull out all of the U.S. Women National Team players from their NWSL clubs when there's really big games coming up. Uh, but that's another story for another day. So looking at Sky Blue FC, they are, <laughs> before I go on a tangent, uh, so yeah, Sky Blue FC, last place team in the league, seven points. I'm sorry. Uh, whoa, take that back. Uh, yep, last place. <laughs> they have one point. Uh, I don't. I don't. I know that it's it's a whole new, just system for Sky Blue. They have a new coach. They have new players. They have Carly Lloyd, but she probably will not be with them this Saturday. Um, I think the only interesting thing about it would have been if uh, you know the whole teams have all their players and you know Kelly O'Hara would be returning to New Jersey and actually Taylor Lido as well so obviously Taylor Lido mm-hmm. will play and will return to Sky Blue to play against her club and then Shea Groom and Christina Christina Givens from Sky Blue will play many other teammates from you know the Royals who were in Kansas City. So it would have been a really cool storyline, but U.S. soccer decided to kind of mess that up. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, thoughts on the upcoming game, guys? I I think um, Royals should win this one, but they may be without Sabrin and potentially Rodriguez if they call her in. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to... Uh, 
I hate, you know, it's always that kind of commentator's curse mm. or the jinx or whatever you want to call it that we're going to, I don't want to sit here and, oh, easy win. We got this, no problem. And then, and then see something awful happen uh, on the win, on, you know, with a, with like a big loss right. or something. But um, I think, you know, the key is just going to be to not let what happened in Portland mm-hmm. affect them psychologically too much. And just get right back to what has been working. Mm-hmm. They they had a really good run in those four home games before that. And uh, if they're playing the way that they've been capable of, they, they've been connecting passes, controlling possession, and creating chances. E- even in the Portland game, like we just said, they were creating chances. So the 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 hope or the, the idea is that uh, you know, against a club like Sky Blue, maybe a few more of the bounces go our way, mm. and you know, it, and and that would be great for all the way around. If if you know, a good multiple goal game, get a solid road win, and uh, then and then look at the at the end of the road trip with a a, a much kind of a higher gain a little momentum back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That's kind of just what I'm looking for is is they've got to, you know, you always say this in, in any sport that you've got to win the games that you're supposed to win. Right. And um, you, so this is an opportunity to really take advantage of a, of a good opportunity and, and go get a full three points. Yeah. So they've just got to just got to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm really worried that it's a trap game. We should win this. And I really hope we do. But you never know. Um, like you said, Cindy, so they only have one point, one one draw against the Red Stars. But if you look at it, it's really interesting because the majority of their games, they're losing one to zero. And in fact, there's only one game where they lost by more than one goal. And that was against the Rain where they lost four to one. So the majority of their games are close. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just conceding goals that they shouldn't. Um, but they're also not scoring goals. Uh, you know, they've scored five goals, but then again, we've only scored seven. So mm-hmm. that's kind of concerning as well. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how we line up against this one. Yeah, I agree. So I guess I've, I've heard that tomorrow is when the U.S. women is obviously. Huh, I say obviously a lot. I'm going to try to work on that. <laughs> um <laughs> I think the roster is tomorrow. We hear about it tomorrow. Okay. So, tomorrow, Tuesday. So, yeah. So, we'll see. Um, I, I obviously <laughs> cut myself. Uh, Kelly O'Hara, I don't believe she sh- will be called. There's no way she'll get called up. If she does, I will riot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just kidding. Um, it's a friendly. I think what's ridiculous about this, it's a friendly, and they're pulling. Ah, oh, it's just frustrating. Um, they're pulling players so early when there's big games, and you know when when the uh, U.S. soccer pays those players, the clubs don't really have a choice, which is really stinky. Question on that though, mm-hmm. if the game is on June seventh at Rio Tinto. Do you th- hmm. Is there any way that the national team would be training in Harriman, do you think? Probably. Hmm. That's a good question. That's a good question for the team. Yeah. See if they've heard anything about <laughs> that. But, um, you know, the funny thing about that is, is I honestly don't know. I can't remember what the what the usual national team protocol is for. I thought they usually go down to Florida. Well, that's... And do well. That's if they are, for example, if the She Believes Cup, which was in the East Coast, which is, you know, freezing in March, and they usually start training in Florida where it's nicer. But I mean, it's warm yeah. right now. I, I wouldn't. I don't know why they wouldn't be training in Utah unless they decide to train in like California. Yeah, it's just they're not like they're not like the men's team where it's they always go down to uh, to California where they've got kind of their little headquarters around the LA Galaxy set up mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, everybody mm-hmm. knows well if the if the national if the men's team is gathering it's in California that's where they go mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, that's always I mean that's always certainly a possibility um, I mean there's there's definitely space out there um, I do know that the uh, 
that locker room that they're building specifically for visiting, you know, maybe like international clubs and things like that isn't ready yet. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they don't have other locker rooms they couldn't right. let the national team use. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That would be, that'd be interesting. I guess we'll find I guess out. We'll find out. And, yeah. And it's, yeah, I don't know. We'll find out, indeed. Cool. Okay, so Sky Blue game is an away game um, this Saturday, 5 p.m. game. And that is on Go90. And obviously, local stream for, I mean, local broadcast for. Is there an RSL game this Saturday that could interfere with that? I believe so. So I know there's one Wednesday. There is, yeah. Yeah, they play Seattle. Again? Like, oh, Saturday? Uh-huh. No. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. What time is that at? Yep, that's at 7.30. Okay, so that shouldn't, inter- I don't know, should it interfere? So, well, yeah, that's actually an interesting, so, yeah, the the Royals game should be over mm-hmm. before, right, at, it'll be over right at um, 7 o'clock here. Right. And then 7.30 start for us, so they, they might be able to run them both on TV back-to-back. Mm. Guess we'll find out. Yet another thing that we will have to find out. <laughs> we shall find out. Uh, cool. All right, so there's that. All right, anything else on Sky Blue? Mm, okay. All right, so we're going to jump right into the questions for this week, and we actually got... Um, some good ones, and I, we will talk about... Hey, I caught myself. We're going to talk about um, just a little incident that happened in Portland this weekend. Post-game, uh, the Royals... There was a video... Somebody tweeted about it, about there was a celebration the, the Portland was having. They were kind of to the side from what I saw, and then the Royals players, especially the ones who did not play... Uh, do sprints, and that's actually, I think I see that, that's just common for every um, soccer game that I've gone to, like subs, and they do sprints after the game. Makes sense. Um, So there was a tweet that called the Royal players, the Royals players, classless, and there was a dangerous act that they did. Um, And so this goes into the whole debate of whether this was indeed classless for the Royals players to do that. And I've heard that, and backtrack a little bit, Thorns fans, the, um, you know, the, I forgot their name. Anyway, the supporters group <laughs> um, was never, were not very happy about it. And so there was a tweet commenting on that. There's a video, there's booing, there's F words being thrown out, there's the players being flipped off and um, so yeah, kind of. It's from that perspective, it was classless. From the Royals' perspective, they're just doing sprints. Um, I, I, oh man, and this is where it goes with. Um, so Katie Stengel actually responded to this, and she said, "Experience something new in Portland this weekend. As subs, trying to f- get better, stay fit, and complete our post-game sprints, we got booed." I thought fans wanted the league to grow and for us to get better, question mark. Thanks for for the support. Y'all definitely made our job more fun. I know I'm more relevant on Twitter than on the field right now, but I'm trying, along with my teammates, to get better. We did our sprints on the side without any attempt to interrupt Portland's victory lap. I'm all for the banter, but pick on my performance or bad jokes, not work ethic. Um, so, question, was this classless for the Royals to do that? What do you guys think? Nah, brah. (laughs) The reactions on Twitter were unnecessarily salty and just mean, and I'm not a fan. I mean, Mm -hmm. I wasn't there, and granted, the video that's of it is only, like, 13 seconds, but, like... It's just silly. I think people are just trying to start beef. That, whatever. They're trying to build the rivalry, I guess. 
Yeah, I'm I'm going to very carefully not say too much about this because I could I could totally go in a in a bad direction <laughs> if I'm not kind of cautious with my thoughts on this. But I I just the the one the one tweet where this all started from I mean it wasn't just the one thing it, it's one thing if you want to get on there and say hey what was with you guys you know walking through our celebration at the end of the night we you know, we're not used to teams doing that. Could you please stay on the other end of the field? Something like that. This was just like angry and mean and rude from the from the get go. It was not even there wasn't even a, a you know an attempt to give the Royals players any benefit of the doubt. They took it as a you know Laura Harvey did this on purpose, told them to go down there and get right in our way and ruin this for us. And I, I mean, whether that happened or not, you know, when the Royals responded to this person on Twitter, uh, this person came back with a lot of very hateful and um, I mean, it was, you know, insulting our the heritage of the people of Utah and, and where we're from and our history. It was... Mm. You know, ironically, the kind of thing that I would say most people from Portland wouldn't appreciate if it were directed at them. Um, so that was that was what bothered me about it was, you know, if we're going to if we're all going to treat each other fairly and, and decently, let's all do it together. Or, you know, you know, if that's what your expectations are going to be from from our end, you know step up and do it on your end too and we will all be nice together um, because I don't want to get into being mean and, and hurtful that's just not necessary right. you know we've already kind of been through that rough patch with the with the Portland supporters over the stuff that happened with the tailgating when they came here and that and you know I'd, I'd definitely rather move on from all that and just uh, go to the game and enjoy it together rather than getting nasty mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's and that's my thought and this isn't the first occurrence. It happened with Sky Blue, I believe, next year. Sky Blue did the same thing. It wasn't welcome. There was the same reaction. So from what I've heard is that um, they've away teams have been asked not to do that, not to purposely run on that side of the field because the Thorns players are usually um, interacting with the fans, celebrating, you know, either win or loss, there is some type of type of interaction with with the the supporters group, um, and and this has happened before. So it's more of a, it looks like it's more of a territorial thing than anything. This is our side. This is our time. Please don't interrupt with that. And if I'm you know completely just a, you know neutral on this, it 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 seemed like. The, Roy the Royals did, in fact, um, go against what they were asked. Um, but this is just what I've heard, is that the staff did ask them not to do that, and the Royals did not do that. And Laura Harvey, being at Providence Park many times, knows that as well. So, you know, the game was already chippy enough. There was almost that incident with um, Megan Klinkenberg and Rachel Corsi where, you know, um, they pushed each other and had to be broken up. So it's it's always it's it's always interesting. But um I, I don't think yeah, I'm with you, Ryan. I think the Twitter back and forth insulting is ridiculous and um yeah, it's just it's, yeah, that that's my thoughts on it. I think just because you're behind a computer or mobile phone, it gives it makes people so brave to type out just nasty things that you probably wouldn't tell someone right in their face. Um, and at the end of the day, these are athletes just trying to do their job. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts? No, I've, I've said what yeah, I needed yeah, to say. Yeah, same. Yeah. I but have stuff, but I'll restrain. <laughs> I think <laughs> we all do. Come on, people. Um, it's just a game. And you won. That's the funny thing is you won 2-0. Why is it a big deal that these players were play doing sports? Anyway, you can tweet at me if you want. PM me. I'll send you chocolate if you really want some. Um, <laughs> we'll get it from Matt Montgomery. <laughs> 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 uh, just kidding. 
All right, next question. Pete says, is that really his Twitter handle? Pete says? It's uh, technically, it's P space, E space, T space, E space. But yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, okay, Norm- he said, uh, yep. Normally, I feel like Corsi and Moros are very solid, but they seem to have off games last week. Um, so that's one question. And then another thought. Am I crazy for thinking the Royals didn't didn't play well at all? They seemed undersized, out-talented versus Portland. What I will say about that is that we were definitely not the better team. That's great. Yeah, um, and I mean that that may have even been true the first time that we played them. Um, you know, we just at home we played them hard and got a leading goal, and then had that unfortunate lapse that that let Toe and Heath tie it. Um, like I said earlier, I think that's just a, a side effect of you know home and home field advantage is is spoken of as a kind of a rare and mystical thing in this league. Um, Whereas, you know, a lot of places, well, it, in, in MLS, it kind of doesn't exist, too, to a certain extent. But uh, I, I would say if there's anywhere that it, that it does, you know, that there is an advantage for a home team, it's in Portland. Mm-hmm. They, they have that huge crowd. They, they get really pumped up to play there. And there's that expectation that they're going to win. And um, so that's, that's just a difficult kind of thing to overcome unless you are really on every aspect of your game and it, it probably looks worse than it was just because of the way the result ended up getting outscored to zero and and you know having that all not go the way we would hope but mm-hmm. i i don't know that the royals were terrible um just it takes a it takes a big effort to go up there and get a win so mm-hmm. they've learned that lesson that the next time they go they they really have to to bring it hard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I I don't think there was anything in the Royals' performance that I mean, even the offense. I'm sorry, the defense looked off. I think um, on the second goal, I it happened really quick. But I think Abby Smith tried to just like punch it out. Is that what happened? And then Sabrin was like there by Lindsay Horan, and they just um, kind of didn't get like she got beat by Horan. So. Um, yeah, I think the whole team did look off. And I don't know if it was just because, you know, first away game in, f- in a m- over a month. It's turf. It's Portland. Um, that might have messed with a lot of mental things. Um, yeah, soccer is also mental. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I agree. I think they looked off. They were definitely not the Royals from the game versus Houston. And it was the same lineup, so I think that's why. On that question of lineup, world champs question is pretty interesting. Mm. Oh. Ah, the game is in the past, but if you could make changes to the starting 11 versus Portland, who would you replace? That's a good question. Um, and I have, I have a hard time with that one because I like what the starting lineup has become. Um, but maybe maybe they could have tried, um, you know, uh, of course, I mean, I always want to see Lola Bonta more or Taylor Lytle mm-hmm. uh, just bring a different edge or a different, uh, you know, uh, look to the attacking end of things. Mm-hmm. Um, those might have been my only possible thoughts, but then right now you're looking at you know who has to come out, Matheson or Gory or you know or, or Tim Rack, who I think has earned her 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 spot starting and and filling in with O'Hara injured. I I don't know that you can I don't know that you can just outright justify taking one of them out at at the moment, um, even though it didn't look great on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you still you still want to put your best lineup out there to start a game, and I think I think that's what the team's doing right now. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that um, uh, the Royals need O'Hara back. I think it could it could have been a different game with O'Hara, and nothing against with Tim Rack who took her place because I'm a Tim Rack fan, but um, O'Hara brings that physicality to the starting eleven. 
I mean, like, she's not going to take anything, especially against a team like Portland, who is a very physical team. Um, so I think I think it was just a matter of who was available and, you know, not having O'Hara is 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 kind of crucial when you play teams like Portland and North Carolina. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, I almost wonder tactically if you look at it and from a defensive perspective, I wonder if Gory for Bowen may not have been a bad choice. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if that's the better choice or not, but that's the one choice that I can think of or that sticks out anyways. Yeah. And I think at this point, I think, and I wonder if the Royals are trying to work out a trade. I know that's been joked about um, <laughs> bringing Kristen Press in. Or, I mean, even last week we heard, and I did an article on what Heather O'Reilly not returning to England next season would mean for the Royals. And, and there's a lot of possibilities. But I definitely think at this point, with, with what we've seen going into week 10, um, the offense really needs that spark. And I think we did see it a little bit with Katrina Gorey, but I think you need another key player. And that also may be with Kelly O'Hara being sidelined too. So yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. Although I'm not convinced that Kelly O'Hara is the solution on the wing. I like her running forward more. That's just me personally. Agreed. No, I can see that. Yeah. And I also think that Erica Timorak has brought a very nice spark maybe i'm just a homer but <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know so we'll see uh okay merle lee asks how do you fix the offense seems to create few chances a game but struggle have struggled with finishing don't think the chances have been high quality either more like half chances That's true, and I I think I think maybe well I I mean I see this a lot a lot of different soccer teams do this. Um, this is something I criticize RSL a lot for uh, when I'm talking to people. It's it's like there's such a rush to get the ball into the attacking third or into the 18 yard box, mm -hmm. but not enough awareness of if enough people are there to make the most of that opportunity. Uh, putting the ball up there does nothing if it's two against five or, or, or three against five even. Uh, you don't always have to create a, a you know, spring some kind of a counterattack where you're 4v3 or something like that to, to have a chance. But if you're going to put the ball in, then you have to be ready with somebody in the middle, somebody at the far post to catch anything that comes through. Uh, you see, when you when you look around, I think in, in NWSL a lot too, when you look around goals getting scored, mm -hmm. if they aren't some incredible shot from distance, there are multiple runners into the box. And so wherever that cross comes through, like Timrak's goal um, the other week, the, the one against Houston, that was Gunny crossing it through and she had both A-Rod and Timrak mm -hmm. there. And they were making f uh, attacking runs. They were ready to... to get whichever one of them was going to get to the ball they were both ready to turn and shoot mm -hmm. that's the difference between what he's calling at least to me anyway between a, a full chance and a half chance and and i think he's right that they're they're just so desperate to get forward and not get stuck in the midfield or pinned in their own end that they aren't being patient enough to generate the opportunity and and the timing has been off too mm. they you know one person has the idea makes the pass not everybody else is ready to run or or vice versa the run gets made and the service isn't there so um that's something that they've got to tighten up i think you know it's not i don't think it's as much a matter of who is on the field um they're all capable mm -hmm. they just have to get on the same page mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i agreed i don't I think I mentioned my thoughts on the previous one. Um, cool. All right. So next question. Aaron Stockham asks, what, what's the ETA for O'Hara's return? And is it a problem of death to see the same 11 every, every week, or is that a good sign? Um, 
O'Hara we knew was going to be out for sure two weeks and there was the possibility that she could be out more um, so we'll have to um, maybe send an email or something to the club but um, when I asked Harvey after the Houston game what what her status was and she says there was a possibility for her being out a little bit longer so I don't think they have a firm timetable um, and that's because because it's been an injury that's been nagging her for quite a while. I don't think they want to rush her back. And I, I would expect her to be out again for the Sky Blue game and give her more time. And especially with the FIFA international break, to allow her more time to be, you know, get the rehab, do the PT, whatever. Um, so I, we don't have a timetable. And I don't think the club does either right now at this point. It's just a matter of making sure that she's healed so she doesn't tweak it again. And that's just from what, I've, what I know. Um, unless you guys have heard differently. I have not. Um, that was kind of my thought, too, that we're, we're just about two weeks out mm -hmm. now from when it originally happened. So they're probably right in the phase of, of you know, going to reevaluate it and see, mm -hmm. you know, how she's healing. Mm -hmm. And then they can look at it and say, is this something that would benefit from more time off, or do they try and bring her back? And I do. I kind of think um, I agree that, you know, hold her out one more game, um, and then you're looking at the next time they play is June 16th. Mm -hmm. um, come home, enjoy the time off. If she's not with the national team, she can rest and relax and get that healed fully and then be ready to play again. Mm -hmm. And at a really important time, too. Yeah, yeah. Um Oh, oh, there I am. <laughs> um, so obviously, um, and is it a problem of death to see the same eleven, same eleven every week? Um, I don't. I mean, I think it's good. That means that Harvey, because before, there was like the first five or six weeks or so, maybe seven, um, we were seeing the same starting lineup. I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me, I take that back. We were seeing changes in the starting lineup where players would get shifted, players would start, players would not start, and a lot of it had to do with injuries. But um, I think it is good that Harvey is set on a starting 11. Um, that's my thought. Yeah, I, I like it, too. Um, you know, you, you want your depth to be... To, to me, you want to have... You know, between seven and nine, I would say, players who are a lock to go out every week. And then the other two to four players are people who are, are the ones that you can make your tactical adjustments with, whether, you know, if you know, if you know somebody's better against a certain formation, a certain style of play, gives you an advantage in a different environment, you can use those pieces strategically to alter how you go out against an opponent. And I, I think that that's kind of where the team is, is getting to. I don't know that they're 100% there yet, but, um, you know, we kind of mentioned this before where we kept seeing Katie Bowen struggle mm -hmm. in the midfield. And then she's been coming off the bench and subbing in as a defender for the last couple of games, and I think that's worked great. She's She seems more comfortable there she seems more capable of getting to the ball springing it forward making the pass into a midfielder and letting them take it forward and create the attacking chance then when she'd get the ball in the midfield she could get pinned by uh, by defenders and, and not really be sure mm -hmm. where to make the best pass out of that situation so um things things like that are are good to me it shows that they're identifying where everybody fits best and how to use them. Yeah. Um, and this, that's going to become more clear as, as time goes on. Where, where we kind of have that unfortunate, you know, we we all thought coming into the season that, oh, this roster's great and they're just going to come out and kill it. But we, we maybe <laughs> didn't realize how much they have still to kind of learn and adjust to. So, right. Um, it's, not, it's not, you know, it's not time to give up on the season yet or anything, but... Um, they definitely want to get it figured out as soon as possible. Yep. Yep. Anything um, else on that? No, I'm in the same boat. I think that um, yeah. we're solid in terms of death. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I you yeah. know, concur with everything you all have said. Yep. 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 <laughs> cool. Okay. So the last question we got from Dunk Ellington. What would you say are characteristics of Harvey Styles? More conservative? Hmm. Um, I, I don't think she has a conservative style at all. Um, Formation-wise, I think, um, you know, she's 4-3-3. That's what she likes. She likes to use her backs to go up. Um... And, you know, the midfielders as center mids and the forwards are runners. So, I, you know, as if you're talking about conservatives, she's stuck on a 4-3-3, maybe. But um, I think I asked um, um, R.J. Allen, who actually covers a lot of – she used to write a lot on Harvey with um, Sounder at heart. And she says that 4-2-3-1 could be one that she could use if she really needs it. So she definitely can shake things up. I don't think I don't think it's I don't think she's conservative. I think she knows what needs to be done. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, if you take a little bit of a step back, um, in interviews, Craig Weibel has talked about how he wants all the teams to be sort of uniform in the style of play and the way that you go about it. And I wonder if that's a big reason as to why the club went after Laura Harvey. Because if you look at Royals, Real, Monarchs, all three of these teams play 4-3-3 slash 4-3 or 4-2-3-1, depending on how you want to look at it. And they press high. They try to build out mm-hmm. of the back. So I think mm-hmm. that's sort of Harvey style slash the organizational style. Um, yeah. I think Harvey can definitely play more conservative. I think we probably should have played a lot more conservative in the game against Portland, but mm. yeah. yeah and, and another thing that I like, that's a really good, you know, they've, they've talked about it, both uh, Mike Petke and Laura Harvey uh, when they, when they first met and, and she went and worked with RSL during their preseason a little bit while they were in town at the beginning of their work and they they have a lot of similar philosophy um and how they like their teams to play and it, it also goes into things like you know we've seen mike pecky late in the game if rsl's behind or you know a lot of teams will just you know maybe sacrifice a an attacking player for a defensive player and settle back and just hope they don't concede any more goals mm-hmm. and try and limit the damage and Petke and, and, and Harvey as well, they're not afraid to sub mm-hmm. one of the fullbacks out and put another forward in mm-hmm. and, and, and ask a three-player defense to hold and, and then spring the attack forward and just try and crash the goal with six or seven people mm-hmm. and, and get the equalizer or whatever it takes, um, which I like. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely good from a fan perspective to see that because ev- any, every team in the world can put all 10 players back behind the ball and just try and defend all night. But if you're already losing and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better, I don't know that you have that much to lose at that point. So just go out and throw everything forward and maybe you, you pull off a great comeback. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think we've hit all those questions. Those, those were awesome questions. Um, that was good stuff. Hey, hap- you know, when people have time off, more time on Twitter. Um, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, or, you know, or you're like me and you constantly check your Twitter. Though I really was off Twitter this weekend because I think I just saw some, you know, with the whole Portland thing. I just oh. I knew that I needed to. We have yeah. another oh. question coming in. Right now? Just, Ooh. yeah, right Live? now. Oh, what is it? Okay, let's work Sounds it in. good. Hey, the fever. All right. What needs to be done to get the ball to the final third without playing over the top? Especially now that Becky is going to be in national team duties and our score line needs to be the savior instead of D. Yeah. Well, to, to add on to what I just said a moment ago about the attacking style, um, at least in my mind, what that takes is 
uh, a little more patience when you're building your attack. Um, and then the, the forward three players, three to four players, um, you know, so that's going to be A-Rod, Matheson, Timrak, Gory, and, and to an extent Gunny, have to be very fluid on, on where they're moving on the field uh, because a defense can settle into their shape and hold you from any sort of attacking move unless you give them a reason to pull away from the area of the field that they want to defend in. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's all on the off-the-ball movement of the attacking players because there is no incentive for a defender to leave where they want to be or where the goalkeeper wants them lined up unless you give them one. And that's that's what it takes because the, the ball itself can only move people so much. Mm -hmm. um, if you threaten an empty space though in a way that makes them shift then you can start to to feed the passes into those spaces they leave behind and then create an opportunity to shoot so um, that's just what they they need to be more aware of that and and be you know if you if you make the most out of the one chance you get you don't need to be so you don't need to be like a squirrel trying to hide it away <laughs> for later in the game to use <laughs> Just, just you know, wait and use it right. Use it correctly and and go create a scoring chance out of it. And then you won't have to worry about whether you get three more later in the game if you're up a goal and you win a game. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Brian, I think you yes. did great answering that. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, cool. So any, like, questions coming in? Going once, going twice? No. no, that's it. That's cool, though. That was perfect timing. Yeah, yeah that was perfect timing. Good question, cool. too. Yeah, so I thought um, we could predict the g score. I think I failed miserably at predicting last week's score. I think I had the Royals winning 2-1, to one, and that backfired my face. Um, I think someone who listened to our show reminded me of that. Uh, thank you. Oh, well done. Thank you, Jenna Miller, for reminding me of my family. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's what friends are for, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, absolutely. Especially when you cheer for the courage. Um, <laughs> for the record, I respect the courage. They are a, they're just a very classy team. And I, I think I, I, I do respect them and what they got going on. Um, I mean, undefeated, crazy. But they're not my team, so I can um, cheer against them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, okay, so score for Sky Blue FC. I think I'm going to go 2 0 Royals. Okay, I'm going to go crazy bold and say 4 to 1 Royals. Um, that one, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to get that one from if Carly Lloyd's not there, but um, <gasps> they'll find something. Oh, yeah. But no, just Royals party, 4 to 1. Oh, man. I hate to be a negative Nancy. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. One zero Royals. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I thought you were going to pick, like, a loss or a hey. tie. I was thinking about yeah. picking a tie. Hey, three points or three I was thinking points. about picking a tie. <laughs> um, also, another thing we should mention is, so, we have a fan of the show, Brittany, who I actually just recently interviewed for our new... Uh, Faces of a fan base series. Oh, so yeah. oh, nice. Um, and so Brittany lives in the Sky Blue area and goes to all the Sky Blue games, and she didn't nice. even have to travel eight hours this time. So uh, look for someone with Excellent. a Kelly O'Hara fat head. Oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah. Is she the one that was in North Carolina then? Yeah. Okay. Big Carolina. Yeah. Cool. Hey, that's awesome. Faux Cool. All right. Um, all right. Any final thoughts or we can wrap it up, right? Yeah. I, I, I've said all I yeah. need to say. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, always a blast to do this chat with you guys. And uh, we shall do it again next week, right? Heck so, yeah. Cool. Actually, yep. so I'm quitting. Wrapping up a win. This is my last <laughs> show. Oh, okay. Uh, we will miss you. Peace. <laughs> no, just kidding. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, sweet. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. 
And don't forget to tweet at us at RFC Show or individual ones um, or uh, say really cool things about the RFC Show. Anyway, we love hearing from you guys. Email us at urfcshow at gmail.com or Twitter is also super good. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Um, have a great week.